Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? This is Matt Johnson. We are back with another conversation. Uh, we've got an awesome one for you today. And uh, even though Andy Shear, my guest for today, he's a Pillar 9 coaching, uh, Andy's one of my favorite people in the world, but that's not why I wanted to bring the conversation to you. Uh, there is so much that we pulled out of this particular conversation and cover that I think is going to be super helpful. Uh, and the topic is how to build a scalable coaching business. However, giant asterisk on this, uh, these concepts apply whether you are building any kind of professional service business. So I do not care whether you uh, build websites or you have, you know, creative work, any type of client service work, anytime you're in the trenches, helping problems solve clients, especially if you're doing any kind of coaching, consulting or something where they have to do what you say to get a result. That is part of what we talk about on the, in this conversation because there are things that you can take away, even if you don't consider yourself a coach or if you're, you consider yourself more of a consultant. Uh, we talk about the difference between those two things and what coaching really is. But I can tell you this, the better that I've got at the coaching skill set by being around business coaches, the better I've become as a service provider, right? So the skill set of being able to ask key questions that get our clients to have these aha moments that convert them over to our point of view is incredibly, incredibly important. And it does not matter whether we're a coach or not. It's the skill set that really matters there. We also talk with Andy about just the, you know, thinking of things in terms of a relationship funnel, not a sales funnel, right? So the sales funnel, uh, in Andy's words, the sales funnel is obsolete. It ends after the transaction. And we talk about what a relationship funnel is. And we also talk about what it really takes to build a scalable professional service business. In other words, a business where it doesn't 100% depend on us delivering the value, you know, through our time, effort, and energy. But when it's something like coaching, so many people get hung up because it's so personal. And, and you can feel this way about your business, no matter what kind of service you're providing, especially if we're in any type of creative work where it feels like people are renting our brain, if that makes sense, right? So we're doing all these things and there maybe isn't a lot of things that we feel like that we could outsource. There's not a lot of admin work, you know, in our business because most of it's just people renting our brain. They're renting space in our head for us to help tell them what to do or to build things for them that are creative. Uh, and so it can feel like the only way to scale up is to just either have another of us or just to charge more for our services. And Andy has some great insight into how he was able to build the, the structure of a coaching organization right off the bat because he had a lot of clarity around what he wanted to build. He was able to build a scalable organization that now is already scaling and he was able to build a six-figure coaching business in under, I think it was under 18 months, maybe even under 12. Uh, and you'd have to listen to the episode to find out what, what Andy says about the time frame. But he's already taking on coaches and he's already put the structure in place to where the company that he's building is scalable beyond himself and he laid that foundation right from the start. So that's really what I want you guys to hear and pay attention to in this episode is how he had the end in mind 
that great Stephen Covey principle, if I remember right, build with the end in mind. And he really exemplifies that and just so happens to be that he is in the coaching space. But you can apply this to any service where we are delivering a service for the clients, especially if we have a point of view and our clients have to do something, implement something, have an aha moment or be converted to our point of view in order to really get the results from what we do. And that's a lot more of us than I think we give ourselves credit for. So uh, without further ado, Andy Shear of Pillar 9 Coaching, I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation and make sure to, uh, to reach out to Andy and thank him for his appearance on the show because he was awesome. This is a great conversation. So let's get into it. Uh, first of all, Andy, just wanted to thank you for coming on the show and welcome. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Um, I, honestly, when you asked me, I was like, "Yeah, let's let's do this, dude. Let's let's spread the good word and and show what's going on and show these failures that that I've experienced right here." So, <laughs> really excited. All right. Well, we'll touch on those. We'll we'll, we'll we'll touch them lightly, I guess. We don't want to like dredge them up and like beat you over the head with them like a like a bat. But uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because we we're talking before we uh, before we went live just about how most coaches kind of approach it, which is they 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 run really hard. They end up building a very successful coaching practice, and then essentially they go, oh, crap, this isn't what I wanted, right? So they, yeah. they max out, at, let's say, 35 to 40 uh, coaching clients, and they realize, man, this is not at all what I thought it would be, and then they have mm -hmm. to do a pivot, and then they have to start thinking about, well, now what do I do? Custom, tailored advice from me to my clients, right? And so then they have to kind of pivot and figure out, well, how do I, how do I hire other coaches? How do I bring people on? How do I get people to right. come when they're not, they don't, not, they don't need me anymore? And what I love about you is that you know all that stuff going in, right? So you're building with the right end in mind, and you're laying the right foundation so that it's scalable from the start. And that's what I want to get into. So first of all, I'll give people an idea of kind of uh, what you what you do, what is the coaching, like what's the industry, uh, and then we'll kind of delve into your background and how you got where you're at. Yeah, awesome. So Pillar 9 Coaching is um, really the company name and, and just what you said, right? Like I didn't want to go off of off of just my name because I didn't want it to be just about me and I want I want it to be more so about the messages that that I'm putting out there and the culture that that I bring to my coaching clients so pillar nine coaching and it was it, it was interesting how I came up with that because really as I and I've studied underneath a, a lot of different people and really it's the, in my opinion there's nine pillars uh, to, to everyone's alignment if you will so faith and spirituality uh, health mindset education business your your overarching personal life your your lifestyle you know there's there's everything that ends up going into uh, in, into alignment for you so um, that's basically what what we talk about and we really dive into habits disciplines and mindsets to help that alignment and really start to push certain areas forward towards better alignment because just what you know with law of attraction, obviously, if you start to really work and focus towards something, your energy is also going to go there as well. Yeah. And so what was your first exposure to the, the idea of coaching as a, as a, <laughs> as a concept and as a, as a potential business? So I, I mean, for me personally, I've always wanted to coach, if you will, like that's, that's always been in my blood from, you know, either, either honestly being a, a swim coach part time to uh, being a full time coach, uh, athletic coach wise. Um, you know, I was a college football player, I was I had that great opportunity there. And, and I always wanted to coach people. Um, and then through sales training and, and moving up in the sales world and learning scripts, dialogues, that was the easiest route in, if you will. So okay. I started like role playing with people. Like that was like the, the, the biggest thing, right? It was just, hey, jump in, role play, script and, and work, do the script workouts, do the script sessions, so on and so forth. And 
through that, that was like my first coaching client just asked me and he was like, listen, you ever think about coaching people? I was like, uh, yeah, but <laughs> like you, you really want that? He's like, yeah, what does that look like? So, I mean, I fell into this mm-hmm. just by happenstance of, of providing value. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's one of those interesting things. I think it's Seth Godin that says, don't start a business until people are asking you to. So I, lo- yeah. I love that. I love when, when that happens because you can tell there's a natural demand for what you do, which I think happens to a lot of coaches. I, I don't know. I don't know many of them that have got, gotten into it, looking at it going, this is a business opportunity that they have zero experience right. with actually coaching and actually bring people value. And they decide from the outside looking in, this is what I want to do. It usually spur like the best, you know, it kind of springs up organically like that. So, so you get a, a glimpse of what it's like to, to bring value in like a one-on-one coaching relationship. So then t- tell me about the transition to, you know, getting into coaching like part-time and then, yeah. you know, realizing kind of what you wanted to build. Yeah. So this was, this was awesome, right? So when he asked me that to, to be that part-time coach, it was, uh, and I, I say part-time coach cause that's what I was looking at it as. Um, and it felt much more than that, by the way. Uh, but it was, it was, um, I was a loan officer at the time and actually specializing in business development with, with approved mortgage group and, and stepping in, I was winging it. Like I was, and just through referral and invite only, I was picking up like one or two clients, uh, maybe a quarter at that point in time. Um, and it wasn't the true intent. I just wanted to provide as much value as I possibly could. And just through that, through him talking about that with his tribe of people and his community. And then it got to my, my second coaching client, which who we all know is Aaron Wittenstein. Um, and I'm still with him as much mm-hmm. as I love that bald guy. Uh, you know, and then it was, it was then jumping from that. And then he started to introduce me to people. So it was like a snowball effect, if you will, from there. But I looked at that and I was like, all right, this is a cool part-time income. Like mm-hmm. I get to help people, which is what I love to do. Um, I get to provide insights from my eight to nine years of, of professional and personal development from my business strategy experiences and my sales experiences. And that's what I thought that it, it was. And that's what I was jumping into. And then all of a sudden I started to form personal philosophies around what coaching really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that limitation of, I have limited time. I, I'm not able to reach as many people as I want to, to reach. Like my, my purpose is to provide a legacy impact. And that's really what, what that really means is just to create as many disciples as I possibly can. And not just for my, my own message, but to also help them help other people. So mm-hmm. how do I really get that done? And that clarity started to happen really in November of this year. And that's okay. when things just really started to turn around in pillar nine coaching. That's when I incorporated it and and so on and so forth and really started to drill down into the the nitty gritty of building a coaching organization itself. Yeah. And and it's cool that you realized that kind of uh, like er, very early on, right. That you wanted to leave a legacy impact and you wanted to create as many disciples as possible. I feel like there's a lot of coaches that they, it takes them a long time to get to that point. They do get to that point, but a lot of times it's after years of, you know, one-on-one coaching, just doing nothing but coaching 25, 30, 35 people. And then they eventually get to the point where they start thinking about their impact. And and you kind of came to that early, which is nice, which is why you're able to lay the foundation in your business differently. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it was um, a rude awakening for me too, because, you know, I, again, I I have a different perspective and and I I hope that people share this perspective or some people share this perspective, but it's, it's not necessarily the amount of money that you make. It's what you're able to do with that. So, um, 
you know, when, when I, and I always had the personal philosophy of, listen, I am not coaching more than 20 one-to-one clients. Okay. 20 is my max. Yeah. Um, and primarily because of the emotional investment that's involved. Like I went, <laughs> and, and, and I came to that number really, really early just because of how the onset was like picking up coaching client after coaching client and just sort of methodically going through that. I saw how much time, and that was a huge, I'm so grateful that I did that because that was a huge realization that it's not just 30 minutes. It's not just 45 minutes. It's no. sure as heck is not just an hour. Uh, and, and if you truly emotionally get invested with your clients and you're, you're in this journey with them, um, yeah, it's much more time than that. So <laughs> I cut it at, at, at 20 and I was like, listen, mm-hmm. you know, my, my 20 or my 20, you guys have open access to me and that's what it, that's what it, it, it is. That's what, how our relationship is going to go. So you need me at 10 o'clock at night. If I'm awake and not passed out and not with my family, then yeah, I'm going to respond to you. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I just so limiting it to that, that, that magic number for you. So the magic number for you is 20, which yeah. makes total sense, right? That way you can be available and you can put time and emotional investment outside of the call, you know, outside of the, outside the regular schedule calls. So that makes total sense. So let's talk about just kind of um, uh, getting the the message and the content kind of out of your head and into some sort of system, some sort of methodology. How are you doing that? So it started March of this year when I actually started document. Um, And that for me was a difficult thing. Uh, So my personality style is like, just go, just, just go and, and run as fast as you possibly can and it wasn't until it was uh, in, in Jonathan Kirk, who's, who was my first coaching client and, and now my first coach, uh, he's, he said to me, he's like, listen, can we find a way to like record or document everything that we're, we're walking through? And I was like, yeah, uh, I, I guess we, we sort of need to do that, don't we? So um, it was documenting really what has turned into my first coaching course, which is Ascension to Peak. Um, and, and that is the philosophy around all of my one-to-one coaching as well. So that was like a, a, a twofold process for me. It was documenting not only the systems around my one-to-one coaching, but it was also now uh, taking my coaching philosophies and, and, and making it into bite-sized chunks of something that somebody else would be able to, to digest and deliver. So it was, you know, not, not just um, systematic wise, but it was also philosophies now just, coming out at that point in time. Yeah. So why, why do you think it was, what was tough about getting it out of your head? I, I don't, I just never really gave it thought to be honest. You know, it was never, um, I always thought that I had time, I guess I was an optimist when it came to that. So it was a procrastinating thing. I, I, I love journaling, mm-hmm. but when I journal, I journal for, for me and it's not, and, and that all goes into my coaching but I never sat there and thought, you know, that's a value to somebody else or that's a value to my future coaches or my future business. And then when I really started to dive in, it was like, holy Hannah, this is, this is really what it's about. And mm-hmm. then starting to take that and put it into at an actual coaching program was uh, enlightening for me because then I, I, I coached the first session. And, and again, it was like exposing everything that I've learned over the last nine years and all of my failures and lessons that I've learned. And I just never thought that that would be the value that it was, I guess, um, for, I guess, as I was writing it down and I didn't see the value until I actually presented it. Really? That's interesting. 
Okay. So let's talk about, you, you mentioned uh, some of the failures. So give, give me an example. What, what do you mean by uh, a failure and how did that kind of weed its way and kind of like incorporate itself into your philosophies? So the biggest one is I had no idea what, what coaching really was um, in terms of like I started and I, you know, uh, I didn't think coaching was coaching. I thought coaching was more consulting, if that makes sense. So uh, consulting so my telling people what to do instead of leading them to the result that they want. Yeah. Okay. So, and I was, I've been a sales trainer and I've been in leadership and so on and so forth. And uh, I mean, I, I consume books like nobody's business, but it wasn't, it wasn't until, um, I had to actually start working on that self-awareness piece for mm-hmm. other people that I was like, Oh, well, this is really coaching. I can't just tell them to go and do X, Y, and Z. And then they come back and report to me and it's not just a high level accountability session. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really when the philosophy behind pillar nine started to, to come out as well. So that was by far the biggest mistake. And I was like, all right, our coaching calls are going to be 30 minutes and we can get a lot done in 30 minutes, especially through like a true coaching call. But the realization that, that coaching wasn't consulting and it sure as heck is not just mentorship um, was like the, the big shift. All right. So that, that's an interesting thing. Cause I, I, I did a, a Facebook live here, I think last week, um, kind of sharing what my perspective is on kind of where the world is going right now and like shifting away from information products and more towards consulting and mentorship. So how do you parse that out just into you? What do you figure is kind of the difference between, let's say coaching, consulting and mentorship? Yeah. So, um, well, first coaching and consulting coaching is uh, client led. So I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll keep it that right. It's, it's me from a backseat. It's Mm -hmm. client content and it's me exposing what they may not see. Um, because they're just too close and it's all through questions. Um, and then if they need tools, if they need resources, I'll either give it to them or I'll help them find it. Um, so it's not an easy button if -hmm. you will, where I view consulting and, um, I I think there's amazing consultants out there. Um, and and they will tell you what to do. It's follow my system, follow Mm -hmm. these rules. And, and if you, as long as you follow these rules, you're going to get my results. And I don't think people want my results, to be honest. Hmm. Like I think people really, uh, number one, they have to figure out what they truly want. But number two, that's going to be completely different than, than mine. And it's going to be completely different than theirs. So why wouldn't I help them um, just by asking them better questions, become more aware of how to actually get what they want intentionally. So mm-hmm. that's the, my personal difference between coaching and consulting. It's like, these are my systems and, and follow them versus this is what you truly want. Let's develop the systems around it. Right. Um, okay. And then mentorship. Mentorship is, um, I've been there and I'm always one step ahead of you. So let me be your mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, where I view my clients as the expert. So mm-hmm. I coach clients in insurance. I coach loan officers. I coach uh, um, uh, real estate agents. I coach small business entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They are much more of an expert in their field than I am. Right. Uh, you know, I've never sold $40 million yet. I coach a, a couple different $40 million producers. Mm-hmm. I have never sold insurance yet. I coach insurance brokers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sold loans so that they tend to view me as more of a consultant than anything else. Yeah. Um, so I try to back away from that or the, uh, the mentor at that point as well. So, um, you know, that's how I view the mentorship. So I've done it. I've been there. I'm one step ahead of you. Use me as a mentor. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Okay. So let's talk about getting this into like a scalable format and a scalable system. Um, so, so when you look at coaching, 
and you know, looking at it as client-led and questions-based. That is not very easy to systematize. Now, the consulting part of that, very easy to systematize in, in the sense that like it's, it's a matter of sitting down and taking the personal effort to figure out, okay, here's how I got results for myself. Now, here's how I could get results for other people. And then you kind of systematize it and structure it and all that stuff. How do you yeah. systematize how somebody coaches if it's questions-based and client-led? Yeah, uh, great question. So I, uh, number one, so I have, I have, I have two coaches right now and number, number one, it really is documenting everything that's going on in my head. Um, mm-hmm. but number two, it's also documenting the cornerstone books and the people that I've, I've learned from. So the people that I, I view as mentors mm-hmm. and I want them to jump into their heads as well. So the, our, our onboarding is very much so, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about like how, how that transitions and how you build that. So yeah. our onboarding is books. It's us getting together weekly. They coach with me. Um, and, and it's typically much more than, than every week. And they participate in the Ascension to Peak program uh, four times before they're actually coaching themselves. So okay. it's, it's very intensive in terms of, hey, just this is, this is the thought process. This is the culture. This is what we're aiming towards. And this is the end result. And um, all the books like Unlocking Potential is, is one of them. Um, Prosperous Coach, that's pretty much so my business model. Um, you know, it's invite and referral only. And we always talk about in our, in our coaching calls with, with my two coaches, it's who are we going to connect with? In fact, that was our conversation this morning. Hmm. Um, and who do we need to connect with? So it's, it's that philosophy that needs to be, uh, communicated out if you will. So it's not specific, it's more so philosophy. And if they can adopt the philosophy, then we're golden. Right. And I was talking to, to, uh, to my, my author about this, I think it was two weeks ago where we got into, abstract concepts and just how, how a lot of people, and this is why they come to a coach a lot of times is they, they don't have the ability to extract from their life and from their experience, the abstract concepts, which then they can apply to other areas. Right. And that's what they're looking for the coach to do. So a lot of times coaches have to be strong in that area. That's one of the things to look for when you're, when you're recruiting coaches is the ability to understand and, and reinterpret and reapply abstract concepts. But I want to get into the, and this is this is what I would consider like when you're bringing on a coach and you're expecting them to take those abstract concepts and apply them correctly the way you would apply them to clients. It, there's there's a there's a conversion process that I think a lot of coaches yes. probably way underestimate how important it is and how in-depth it has to be to get to convert somebody to your way of thinking, to convert someone to your philosophy to the point where they can work with a client the way that you would work with a client. Now, obviously there's flexibility and they're going to have their own personality and stuff like that. But if you really want to build out a scalable organization that has any kind of consistency in the messaging and the philosophy, you have to convert people to the philosophy, right? So, right. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, I mean, you talked about, so essentially it's books. They have to go through the Ascension to Peak program four times. What does that program look like? And just give, give me a sense of oh, like what gosh. that conversion process looks like. So that, and, and really that, so, and I, I took this philosophy from, from bold, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I basically just, you know, ripped up and, and duplicate if you will, but the bold will select their coaches off of their, their, their other bold graduates. So like if you've right. taken bold yep. 15 times, there is a good chance that you're going to be a bold coach someday, you yep. know, and, and, and I love it, And I love learning from other models. Um, so mm-hmm. that model, I was like, that makes sense. Um, if they can engulf it and they start speaking the language of it, it just makes sense for them because now it's part of their culture. It's part of their, yeah. their own philosophy. So 
The same thought goes with Ascension to Peak, and that's also why I want them to coach one-on-one with me um, before they're off in, in doing their own thing and growing their own grass and you know taking care of their own landscaping. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the Ascension to Peak program, it's a three-month intensive. We start with really the foundation. So it's understanding that you know, uh, the, the big why is in my opinion, and, and this pisses some people off, but it is what it is. My philosophy. So deal with it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the big why is too commercialized in, in my humble opinion. Yeah. No, I think it's good. Yeah. So, you know, it, it converts basically in transitions or shifts the paradigm, however you want to say it, uh, mm-hmm. from, from goals to promises. And within those promises, uh, you can end up finding your purpose and because there's trends there. And then week two, we just, I mean, crush habits, disciplines, and mindset. It's, mm. It basically takes every habit or every discipline and, and makes you truly look at what's holding you back or what's propelling you forward and um, those habits that are just simply holding you captive. And then we put measurements to it. Uh, and then three, we talk about time efficacy instead of time management, because again, I think it's too commercialized to be time blocking. It doesn't matter if you're time blocking, it's matter how the hell you actually, or what you do with your time. Yeah. So we talk about that and then it starts to go into the business aspect of it. And the next paradigm shift is really about a relationship funnel and that it doesn't matter about the transaction. What it truly matters is if you develop a relationship of advocacy and evangelism. Mm-hmm. So the sales funnel I think is obsolete. Right, it ends after the transaction. A relationship funnel uh, or hourglass, if you will, um, mm-hmm. ends with the relationship ending in advocacy and evangelism. And if I don't care if you're a coaching client of mine or not, if I can develop you into an evangelist or an advocate of my business, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about clients. I don't have to worry yeah. about going out and lead generating because I'm going to consistently connect with people, and that lends to my invite and referral only. So that's why I say four times because after four times, if you don't get it, it's not going to be a fit. You know, if you don't start speaking language, yeah. it's not going to be a fit. And and really, and I'm sure that other coaches can attest to this too, especially like both coaches. Um, but like you start speaking the language almost immediately, you're on my radar to become one of my coaches. Right. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So you're picking from the people that already have uh, either they have it or, or they develop it over time, the culture fit. So they're they're sold, they're converted to your philosophy, and then you go there, and then they're they're going through a, a process to kind of reinforce it over and over again, and make sure that they're uh, they're completely on board yeah. and they really get it. Because there's a there's there's a difference between like what's up here in our head and like what actually sinks down into the heart and the soul. And right. uh, it, like in order for you to like build a, a scalable coaching organization that has any kind of consistent messaging that actually has an impact because it's not just hurting cats that are where everybody's doing their own thing. Like they have to get it. Like they have to get it like way down in there. And yeah. that's the only way for them to be able to take your philosophies and then apply them correctly to, to individual systems. So I love that approach. That's something that I think other coaches can take a lot from and really rethink because that that is the weak link right so when when coaches come to me and they say you know i can't like i can't scale beyond myself like when people come in they just want me and there's a little <laughs> bit of ego stroking there but if you can get past the ego part of it and right. you really look at it as a legitimate business problem not a good thing because i'm super awesome and people don't want anybody but me set all that aside and say look this is a business problem that's keeping me from scaling and you go okay how can i get people to not want me but they want the philosophy or the system that i that i teach right. well then it becomes well i have to have the people that i've brought in so far to try to scale with they didn't have my system down here they may have had it yeah. here 
they may have been able to do what I told them to do, but they're not able, they wasn't in their heart and soul. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll say a testament to that too. Um, so the, the interesting piece with, with growing a coaching organization also is that uh, me as still as a coach, I'm, I'm also coaching people that my other, that the Jonathan's coaching. So we had, we had an experience with, with one of the, the guys uh, who came through and, and he coached with, with me for an hour first uh, as like that, you know, Hey, let's, let's see what coaching is all about. Let's see if it's a, if it's a fit. And just by, by happenstance, he ends up scheduling a call with, with Jonathan as well, just through interactions through a, another Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And he comes back to me and, and he says, I want in. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing. But you basically had the same coaching call. Uh, in fact, his his emotion and his passion for for the messages that, that you guys are are putting out there and how he coached me was exactly like you. I'm like, <laughs> this this works. Yeah, that's awesome. So that was Fantastic. huge. That that right there was Thank like you. the the check. We got this. Yeah, and that's if there's if there's anything to admire about and forget forget the content, forget some of the other stuff. Um, but if you if you really look at the organization that say someone like a Mike Ferry has built, that is the one one of the one things you can point to to say he has mastered that. Yes, he has sold people on the culture. Bold is another great example. Culture, Bold it's a lifestyle. Mass. It is a yeah. lifestyle. He has sold people on a lifestyle. Yeah, and that's and I like what you talked about um, going back just in the nuts and bolts a little bit, just in in boiling things down to the the measurables, right? So getting it down into habits and then quantifying the habits, that's something I think we, we lose sight of a little bit. I have, to, I have to do that to myself too, where it's not just about establishing the habit, it's about attaching a metric to the habit so that you right. can track it. You know what I'm saying? That, I think that's what uh, Mike Ferry has done a really good job of that, is selling the people both in his coaching system and in just the whole, the whole organization in the, in the industry as a whole. He has sold them on the concept of the lifestyle down to the, the metrics within that. So anyway, that's, that's a quick aside for people to, uh, to emulate, but uh, going even more on the nuts and bolts in the last few minutes that we have left, give me an idea of just on the practical side, how you're using Kajabi and why you chose that to kind of build <laughs> everything in there now. Everything. Yeah, everything. So, so uh, I told Matt and you, I talked offline uh, about this just before I've sold my soul to Kajabi uh, when it comes to my <laughs> coaching business. So, uh, I've moved and shifted all of my billing over there. All of my my coaching onboarding stuff is all going to be run through there. My my Ascension to Peak program is run through there. Um, just just in terms of what they're doing, it, they are consistently steps ahead of where I want to be. Their their funnels may not be where they want to be, but how they deliver courses and how they deliver products it, it makes sense. So for me, in terms of scalable and and the, the scope of what we're looking to do. Um, it makes sense to transition everything over there because I'm able to run up to, you know, 500 or a thousand people on group coaching. Um, and I'm able to still develop and deliver a one-to-one value in that group coaching setting through Kajabi and, uh, through the use of, of Facebook integration as well. So, um, all of my course coursework is in there. I have drip videos in a lot of the, the, the sessions so that they're not just getting, me live or, or John live, you know, once a week, they're also getting a, a daily video or uh, a couple videos per day or whatever that coursework looks like. And man, it just makes it so easy because before I was using like Google drive or yeah. Dropbox or whatever else and trying to put a video in there and then notify everybody through Facebook that the videos there and da, 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 And it's like, it was a pain in the hind end, man. 
So, yeah. Do I so have to set up a set, Google account to get access? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just hit request access. You'll be good. Yeah. Like that I don't have to worry about anymore. And, okay. and when I release new products or when I release something new, it's as easy as clicking a button to let people know. And, hmm. Um, one thing that I, and just what Mike Ferry has done too, is that once you're invested in, in Mike Ferry, you're, you're sold. Like mm-hmm. it's an easy cross sell or an easy downsell or, you know, Hey, we're doing a seminar here. Come attend. Like it's such an easy thing for him to let the entire culture sphere that he has know that this is what we have going on. So why not try to create that? And what also forced me to do that is, um, and I say force because, again, I'm sort of that I find a system that works and then I'm going to plop it into mine and I'm going to make it work. And right. Brendan Burchard, um, I, I love how he uses Kajabi for his, his High Performance Academy, for a couple other things that he does. Could he do something different for marketing? Probably. But, you know, that's, that's uh, a, I think, for a different discussion. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, – just seeing, and I, I've invested in his systems and, and understanding what he does to put everything together. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just such a conducive way to throw everything in there. Hmm. That was a so long run me through answer just, for you. Yeah, no, it's good though. Um, Facebook integration. So how are you using that? So the initial email that I send out uh, after it says, hey, thank you. Um, there's a, a click button for like a secret Facebook group and they have to basically be registered in order to, to get in there. So uh, the only time that that email goes out is if they actually register. So mm-hmm. there's that Facebook integration there. And then um, I'm posting all of my daily videos into Facebook, but I can download from Facebook or have a VA download from Facebook and put right back into Kajabi. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have the access through Facebook and that's really where the tribe is built. And then mm-hmm. I hide the comments in Kajabi um, so that it forces them over into one streamlined pipeline. Now, if Kajabi gets to a point where um, you can you can have that Facebook interaction, you can do those live videos through it, and it makes sense to do that, then yeah, I'm, I'm all in. But right now, the easiest way is just to integrate Facebook with it. Um, that way, it's just, it just acts as a supplement, if you will, for where Kajabi's gaps are right now. Okay. All right. Interesting. So, so I want to recap a little bit and make sure that I understand it and that people that are listening or watching after the fact kind of get, get the approach. Cause one of the, one of the weaknesses or, or maybe one of the overlooked, you know, things about starting and, and growing a, a coaching business is who generates the leads. Yeah. And so if it's the person at the top that's generating leads, let's say, you know, like the, the Mike Ferry or, or, you know, the Tony Robbins, let's say. So you are attracting leads by force of your personality and your marketing systems and all that. So if you're generating leads, then obviously that's worth a certain percentage and then your coaches are having to take less. And of course they can, they can bring yeah. in their own clients and stuff like that. But you're, you're teaching that, so you are building a community. And you are bringing yes. leads that way to, you know, in excess of what you can take yourself. So there's a combination of passing leads down, but yep. then you're also teaching coaches to kind of fish for themselves, right? Through the relationship funnel and, and generating their own referrals and invites. Yeah. Are, you, are those split differently or did you just basically just let them, you have a set split that you take off of the coaches? How does that work? No. So, um, this is where I think I, I get a little bit controversial with the typical model or the typical method. Um, and I go against the grain because I think that you are building as a coach, you're building your own business and I want to facilitate that as best as I possibly can. So yes, will I provide leads? Absolutely. Am I going to take a different split? Absolutely not. Um, and I have a cap to what the coach actually 
pays me, if you will. Mm-hmm. So once they reach that certain cap, they're 100% commissionable income. Yeah. And, and I pay off a 70-30 for my coaches. Yeah. So as soon as they reach that cap, it's game on. Um, everything that they do, they use all of our software through, through Kajabi. They have access to, to Zoom or, or LiveLeap or whatever else. It's all mm-hmm. branded to Pillar 9. So when they're out there, the last thing that I want them doing is, is saying, well, you know, if I do this, I'm, you know, my, my boss, I hate that. Uh, but, but my coach is not vested in, in my business. So my transition is now I need to coach coaches like who I want to connect with are coaches that want to build a sustainable, scalable business based off of habits, disciplines, and mindsets. So those are my next coaching clients. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody else basically is going to be going towards my, my coaches that I start to bring on. Yep. Um, now, will I drop the 18 that I have right now? No, and unless right. they, they decide to move on. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like the next two that I look for are two more coaches, you know, and, and I want to make sure that they're building their business. And then there's profit share involved as well. Um, and again, this is very similar to like Keller Williams or, yeah. or EXP or, you know, uh, Realty One does this. Um, it, I want to make sure that they're vested in growing Pillar 9 and spreading the message and creating disciples as well. So they are vested in and have that profit share opportunity. There's my one-year-old. I apologize. Um, <laughs> she loves running in here when I'm in live feeds. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's horrible for you, so I apologize. No, um, you're fine. But uh, I, I want them to feel vested in the growth of the business and in right. the spreading of, of the message, and that's why I do that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And there, I think the KW model is really interesting applied to a coaching business. So that's something that uh, that if, if you're watching this and you're not in real estate, you know, like follow up with me or Andy afterwards and we can share a little bit about how that works. But if, if you're familiar with the KW model, I think you understand why that potentially works so well, because that is the struggle. If you have coaches underneath you or any staff where they're commission based, there has to be some sort of cap because otherwise there's yeah. that it loses their incentive to keep on pressing and keep on taking on more clients. And you especially want after I give them that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially if you give them all of the tools, all of the resources, like my vision always has to be bigger than theirs. Right. My, my progress, my speed, my rate has to always be bigger than theirs. And I'm, I'm not yeah. saying rate like fee, my, my speed of mm-hmm. implementation speed. always yeah, needs to be faster than theirs. Yeah. You know, so that, I think is, is the biggest transition is now that I have coaches, it's like, now I really need to move. Right. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You got to stay ahead of your own, uh, your own guys. So, and that, that's right. another interesting transition that you mentioned, which is getting into coaching coaches. I, I, this is one of the things that we'll talk about in the, uh, in the book. I'm still working out the concept, but the, but the overall idea goes something like this. The further removed you are, from the actual work yeah. that's being improved, the more money you make. So you and the I heard you. you are, yes. I heard yeah. you say that. Um, gosh, it was like a week ago when you said that on, on one of your live uh, feeds there, dude, you hit the nail on like smack dab on the head, drove it in with one shot. If people just understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, and just tying together what you and I were speaking about. So if you can tie in your, your coaching philosophy, Mm-hmm. And you can step out of the business and just lead people. Yeah. It's, it's game over. And, and I've always had the saying, and I learned this from, um, can't think of the coach, like athlete coach. Uh, he said that the coach can't be a player. So yeah. if the coach can't be a player, then step out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, dude, you absolutely freaking crushed it when you said that the other week. Hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it's still it's not it's not unconditionally true. It's true in an environment where 
leads are abundant. Let's put it that way. And that's a, that's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work for a coach to generate more leads than they personally can handle. Most coaches struggle to generate enough leads for themselves and then never get to the point where they have enough leads. But if leads are abundant, the further you step away from the business, the more money you make. I mean, I think it comes down to what you truly want also, right? So like for, for me, I don't just want to coach 20 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, that's not what I'm in it for. Lead a tribe. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, I'll take the hit, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll fish over one-to-one clients for you because mm-hmm. I'm making a profit share anyway. Yeah. And then in that case, that's also helping you develop your own coaches who are, you're going to hire underneath you. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, my vision is over the next five years we we will become uh, one of the largest certified coaching organizations out there. I, I, my, my number for my metric is 125 certified coaches through, through the, uh, IFC. So mm-hmm. that's, um, I, ICF, sorry. So that's, that's where we're going. Um, so are you saying only- we have a pillar nine code, like a certification within the ICF? No. So I want 125, uh, certified coaches. Uh-huh. ICF certified coaches under oh, the nine flag. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And and I think the largest organization right now has like seventy. So oh, wow. if if we can ramp up and I, I start my certification here in another month, which mm-hmm. is like ridiculously intensive. Okay. Um and then I can just keep going on. That's part of the two year onboarding. And I have a vesting schedule in there as well. So that's another part that we've put into place is any coach that's with me over a certain amount of time, there's a vesting schedule that if they produce like an evergreen product uh, mm-hmm. or if they put content out there or put people towards the group membership, not only are they making people and making uh, a profit off profit share off the group membership, but they're also uh, now making a residual income, even if they leave me after however many years. So okay. again, I want them vested into the business and I want them vested into the, the, the message and the culture. Yeah, I like it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, I've been just just from what from what you and I have talked about a little bit and from what Aaron talks about just observing it. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of respect for what you're for what you're building and the foundation that you're laying and really thinking through these things ahead of time so that you don't keep running up against those things where you realize, oh crap, I've been putting six months or a year or five years work into it and now I have to change. So anyway, right. there, there's a lot of takeaways from this uh, for people to go back and listen to. But yeah, laying, building with the end in mind, really laying the foundation to scale by getting your philosophy and your message across and having a conversion process for coaches. That's a key thing. That's a key roadblock that drips up people and then putting everything into a system. And I don't just mean Kajabi, but you've really systematized, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just the, that's just the tool. Not a product, but an actual process. Yes. An actual process, a methodology, right? And and a business, you've really got a business model structure that I think will work. Right. And it, because it solves a lot of the, of the, a lot of the problems. So you've learned from other businesses and kind of put it into coaching rather than starting from this blank sheet of paper and trying to solve all these problems from scratch, which right. is, it's ridiculous to me that we, we do that all the time. Like we start as if nothing else existed in the world Yeah, and we go, how do I saw it? It's, yeah. it's, I see it a lot in, and, uh, and you'll chuckle at this. Um, I see it a lot in people in real estate that are now starting recruiting firms yeah. within real estate to recruit real estate salespeople and admin stuff like that. And, and have like blinders on and never go out into the wider world that where, and they don't realize there's a billion dollar industry called recruiting where all of yeah. these problems have already been solved before, but never the, never the twain shall meet. Uh, so I, so that's, I, 
<laughs> I get a kick out of that. I mean, um, here's here's yeah. the deal. Like, and I learned from from a very early age, and I'm I'm still young in my days, uh, if you will. So you know, 35 year olds or 34, not 35 yet. Um, but you know, you, I'm not that smart. Like I, what I know how to do is assess another business and find out what they're doing that, that works. And I'm going to get every detail that I can about that system or, or that process. And I'm just going to put it right inside my business and watch it explode. Right. So yeah, I like to look at it as, um, as, and you might appreciate that. Are you into football by the way? Yeah. Uh, college football player. So yeah. Are you serious? Okay. So it's like installing a, a new package, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, Hey, here's this set of Intel of, of concepts and systems and we're mm-hmm. going to take it. We're, we're going to learn it from another master coach or whatever. And we get it, it conceptually. It fits within our system. We're going to take it. And we're going to install it like a package, just like you would install a defense or an offensive package into your game plan for a certain week or into your entire philosophy for how you run your team. Very simple. Exactly right. Yeah. Cool. And I'm, I'm coaching my son's youth football team right now too. So that fits hand in hand, dude. Right I love there. it. Love it. Big football fan. All right, cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's all we've got time for. So first of all, let people know where to connect with you for the coaching side and then just any personal contact information you want as far as connecting with you personally, if they have questions about, um, you know, joining pillar nine, whether as a client or as a coach. Cool. So, uh, easiest way is email and I'm rather slow on email. So, it, it's Andy at Pillar9Coaching.com. So P-I-L-L-A-R, the number nine, coaching.com. In fact, I'll post it on this post here. Um, my cell phone, honestly, is always on as well. So 203-257-5279 or Facebook friend me. Um, and Pillar9Coaching.com is the, the website. So feel free to visit, get to know a little bit more of what we're doing. And I uh, would love to connect with anybody. Andy, thanks so much again. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, dude. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at PursuingResults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.